here for the first time. It's great to have you with us. Um, my name is Andy. I'm one of the team here. Um, it's really good to have you with us for this carol service. wonder what you made of that. Um, I was pointed to this video by um, a friend of mine in the week, and I watched it, and I thought, oh, that's a really relevant video for where we're at at the moment, this weekend particularly, as, as a nation, as we approach kind of Christmas, and we've had an election and everything. Um, I had a look at when the video was made. Anyone want to guess when the video was made? Want to guess? A few weeks ago, maybe? Uh, 2016. Christmas 2016, the first Christmas after the referendum. And I was thinking, wow, this feels really relevant and really sort of current, uh, which says something about what we've been doing for the last three years, right? Um, we've, we've got no further, really, than where we were three years ago. We're still disillusioned. There's still a lot of distrust. There's still a lot of division. Uh, but, but here we are. Um, you may or may not have uh, last week. So nearly a month and a half of campaigning, of, of claims and promises made and promises argued against and debates and arguments and and increasing bitterness, and uh, we've got a new government, a few days old. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me from the election campaign over the last uh, few weeks has been the sense that, that our country is divided. Anyone else get that feeling? Um, as you look at the, the, kind of the tone of the debate, um, you've got a lot of people over here and a lot of people over there, and they're saying very different things, and they're not seeming to want to talk to each other very much. You've got uh, North and you've got South, and you've got the rich and you've got the poor. You've got uh, the leavers and the remainers. Uh, you've got the English, the Scottish, the Northern Irish. Everywhere you look, there seems to be division. And I don't know if it's just me, but it seems to be getting worse. It seems to be getting more, more polarised. Maybe it's just me, maybe it's just the effects of social media, uh, Twitter and Facebook on the debate. But it seems like the people over here who believe this really strongly think even more strongly than usual that these people are wrong. People over here who think this really strongly think even more strongly than usual that the people over here are wrong. And there's a lot of uh, distrust, a lot of... Uh, Hatred, a lot of uh, frustration, and a lot of division. So uh, Boris Johnson, you may have seen his, his first speech outside number 10 on Friday. Um, he said, we need, as a, a nation, we need to begin the process of healing, right? We need to begin the process of healing, get united again after what's happened. And I think he's right. We do need to heal as a nation. Uh, the problem is that that's not easy. The problem is that um, we're stubborn. And people who think something over here don't want to change their mind, and nor do people who think something over here. So it's an almost impossible task, actually, for our nation to heal and come together. Right, maybe you're sitting there thinking, hold on, this is meant to be a Christmas message, right? Isn't Christmas a time of hope and, and goodwill? Why are you being so negative uh, all the time? So, well, yes, Christmas absolutely is meant to be a season of hope and goodwill. And, and Christmas is a season of hope and goodwill. And that's why, actually, I bring this up. Because actually, the only Real hope for our nation is Christmas. Christmas is the only way that we can have hope and we can heal division. So I want to uh, look again at the, the first reading that we read um, this afternoon. It was the reading that was mentioned on the video, actually. It's from Isaiah chapter 9. Let's have a little read again of what Isaiah says. And we're going to see two reasons in these verses from Isaiah. Two reasons why only Christmas has the answer to the problems our nation faces. Okay, first reason... Christmas gets the real problem right. Okay? We see that in verse, verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 9. It says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Okay? Christmas gets the real problem. The problem is darkness. It talks about dwelling in a land of deep darkness. And we might sometimes feel like our land, our nation, is in darkness. Maybe you feel that at the moment. Um, I think we all feel that at some point. But the Bible is consistently honest about the cause 
of the darkness in our land, wherever we're living. And the reason for the darkness out there is something in here. Okay? The reason there's problems in the country is because there's problems within us. The reason there's brokenness in the world is because there's brokenness in our own hearts. The Bible's very honest about that. The Bible says every single person in this world walks in darkness. There's problems within us. And there's something about Christmas, isn't there, that has a way of exposing that in us. Uh, there's some, there's some, there was a survey done about the, the average Christmas day in Britain. Okay? So the average Christmas day in Britain, the average family in Britain argues five times on Christmas day. That's five times in one day. Um, the average family, uh, 38% of children will moan about their presence. Uh, 45% of people, on average, in Britain, will, will fall out over the food on Christmas Day. Anything sounding familiar? Hands up to that. Uh, 10% of families will, will rekindle an old family argument. Christmas has a way, doesn't it? You bring different people together from close family, extended family. You put them in an environment where there's all kinds of expectations. Everyone has different expectations. Everyone has different opinions, and it's kind of a recipe for disaster. And what it's doing is, is exposing there's something within us that's broken. There's something within all of us that's not right. We have our own interests, our own, our own desires, and we want to do things our way, and we don't want to be flexible when others want to do things their way. There's something within us that's, that's dark, and the Bible's honest about that. The Bible gets the real problem. And the problem within us results in problems in our families and in our society, Ultimately, it results in problems with our relationship with God. And that's the most serious problem of all. There's darkness within us. And the Bible's honest about that. But the reason Christmas is our hope is not just because it gets the, the real problem. Christmas is also our hope because it offers a genuine solution. Okay? It offers a genuine solution. There's a hint of that in verse 2. People who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of darkness on them has light shone. Okay, there is light, there is hope beyond what we experience here. And we get more information about what that looks like in verses 6 and 7 that we read earlier on. So if we're going to have those up, um, I'll just read them again. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. There is a hope for the world, and that hope is Christmas. The hope for the world is a child, a son that's going to be given to us, a child that will be born in a manger. Why is that the hope for the world? Well, just look at how he's described. First of all, let's look at the names that he's described with in this passage. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. This is how this child to be born is described. They're incredible names if you look at them. They're kind of familiar because it's a familiar Christmas reading. The child is going to be called the mighty God. So the mighty God, the God who created everything we see, all the intricacy and complexity of this world, the creation that we see around us every day, not only that, but the God who created the planets and the sun in our solar system. Not only that, but every single star in our galaxy. Not only that, but every single galaxy in the universe. The mighty God who created and made all of that is going to become a baby. Is going to, is going to be born as a child in a manger. And the other three names 
um, just kind of expand on that. They just uh, confirm, they, they fill out what that really means. Wonderful counselor, everlasting father, prince of peace. So everlasting father is the, a, name, a typical name that was given to God in the Bible. Prince of peace. He's going to reign and his rule, this child's rule is going to bring blessing. He's going to be a wonderful counselor. He's going to have wisdom and kindness and goodness that's going to be a benefit to everyone that he, he sees. All the, all the characteristics of God, the whole nature of God, all the fullness of God is going to be in this tiny baby. It's remarkable. That's not the only reason. Let's have a look at what he's described to do, what his job is going to be. The government is going to be on his shoulders. What does that mean? The government on his shoulders. Well, when you shoulder something, what do you do? You kind of take responsibility for it, don't you? You're shouldering someone else's burden. You're shouldering a job for someone else. You're you're carrying it for them. You're taking responsibility for it. You're saying, this is mine. I'm taking care of this. I don't know if you've ever seen um, uh, firemen in action. We've got a fire station opposite our house, so we, we occasionally see the, well, quite regularly, actually, the fire engines driving out and the kids rush to the window. They love the blue lights. Um, I've never actually seen those firemen doing their job. I've seen them practicing. Um, maybe you've seen I hope you haven't, actually. I hope you haven't seen firemen doing their job, but you may have seen it on, on, on TV or, or movies. There's a burning building. Uh, the firemen pull up. They go in, and there's a limp form on the, on the floor. There's someone who's, who's like, knocked out. They've got asphyxiation. The firemen... Uh, picks them up. Anyone seen the fireman carry it? What's a fireman carry look like? Have you seen that? Over the shoulder, right? So the fireman picks the person up over the shoulder and gets out the house as quickly as he can. The fireman is saying in that moment, I am taking responsibility for getting you out of this burning building. They're putting that person on their shoulder. They're carrying them, taking responsibility. And that is a bit like what's happening at Christmas. God is there in heaven. He looks down on our world and he sees a burning building. He sees darkness in the land, darkness inside each one of us. He sees conflict. He sees brokenness. He sees corruption. He sees us having made a mess of the world. And just like that fireman goes into that building, God comes down. He says, I'm not going to leave them there. I'm not going to leave them flat on the floor. I'm going to go in and I'm going to go in as a baby. I'm going to take on human flesh and I'm going to lift almost lift humanity up on my shoulders, if you like, and I'm going to take responsibility to give them a future. I'm going to take it on myself. That's what's happening at Christmas. It's God coming into our world, coming into our burning building to sort us out, to rescue us, to put things right. And what Jesus does is he then sets up a new kingdom, a new kingdom that is far better than anything we've experienced here, that, that puts to shade all of the, the governments and leaders we could ever follow here. Let's have a look at how that's described, his kingdom. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. He's going to establish his kingdom and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Isn't that the opposite of what we experience? Isn't that what we long for? When we see division in our families, in our societies, don't we long for peace? Don't we want there to be a little bit of peace from the, the fighting and the, and the war? Don't we long for justice instead of corruption? Don't we long for people of integrity to do the right thing no matter what? Don't we long for righteousness? Isn't that what we want in our leaders? When we see a glimpse of it in a leader, we love it. We're drawn to it and we vote for it, but it never fulfills. There's no perfect leader. There cannot be. But Jesus is. Jesus is the leader that we all need. He's the leader that we're all, we're all looking for, really. He sets up this kingdom. And what's our contribution to the kingdom? How do we get in? What do we contribute? 
Okay, you have to sign up to a political party, you pay a little bit of a fee, there's an expectation that you do certain things. What do we contribute? Nothing. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Zeal is another word for enthusiasm. Isn't that a great picture? The Lord of hosts, that means the God of the angel armies, the God Almighty, sees our world. He's enthusiastic about saving it. He says, I, I want to go and I want to I I rescue them. I want to pick up that, that world on my shoulders. I'm going to carry them out. I'm going to sort this out. He's enthusiastic. And it's him that does it. It's his zeal that does this. We don't contribute anything. We just receive. To all those who know that they can't make things right, to those who are in darkness and in need of the light, this baby is given. He's offered for free. The rescue is waiting for all who receive. Everyone who will receive it, the rescue is waiting. The, the, the world and our country and our families and our own lives are full of mess. right? And, and there's no leader that can fix it. No political leader we could ever put our hope in could ever fix the mess of this world, of our country, of our lives. But Jesus can. That's what he came to do. He came to fix the mess. He came to save us. And that's why only Christmas has the answer. That's why only Christmas has the hope that we need um, for our country, for our lives. So yes, Christmas is a time of hope and goodwill, but it's not, it's not a kind of fluffy, sentimental hope or, or goodwill that's just based on tinsel and Christmas trees. It's a, it's a solid, genuine hope that has basis and has a future. It's real and solid, and it's a hope that deals with our deepest needs. It's a hope that deals with your deepest needs, whatever they might be, whatever you've come here with this afternoon. That's why Christmas is our only hope, and that's why we're here as a church.